You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. What's on your mind is Thanksgiving. Yes. So I'm going to help you out right here. Okay. Not that you need a lot of help, but coming up, you may have at this Thanksgiving Day table uh, all the family, a lot more than maybe you had in the last couple of years. And there are some tips, just a couple, to avoid those awkward conversations, you know, at the table. All gathered around right there. First of all, you set the table, combat the silence by planning out the conversation ahead of time. Oh, yeah, see? Create some questions for everyone to talk about during dinner. Right. That's very interesting. Um, And then what you do is, you know, if there's going to be one or two lovable troublemakers that are going to be there and you know that, just hire them. (laughs) Excuse me? Hire them out. Give them a job to do. (laughs) You know? I mean, not not out back, you know, fixing the tractor or anything like that. I'm just talking about, uh, you know, you think about it, right? Um, uh, Arguments. uh, You can, uh, as somebody said, debone the argument ahead of time. So if there's tension... Help them find an opportunity to resolve it before the holidays. That would be a good thing to do. And then pivoting. You knew pivoting was going to be in there. you got to pivot away from awkward conversations. Cut the awkward conversations off at the pass by having a plan. See, that's the thing. I mean, there's always so much more to talk about. We have so much in common. We're all thinking basically the same things, so we don't have to concentrate on just a couple of little things right there. And, of course, finally... But probably not last. It is last on the list, but there's only five things, and probably the most important, and the reason it's last is so you remember it, and it's to pray a blessing over your holiday table, right? That's what you want to do. Pray that blessing over that holiday table. Absolutely. Amen. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Since today is the start of the Operation Christmas Star Shoebox Collection Week, okay, uh, the 15th day, if you were a shoebox filled with toys for boys and girls, where would you like to go? Um, as an Operation Christmas Star shoebox. Let me know on the hotline, okay? And you look like you could use an espresso shot right now at about 622. How about from Dwight L. Moody, or D.L. Moody, as they call him? I, just, I know him as D.L. I just thought I'd throw that out there. We ought to see the face of God every morning before we see the face of man. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The Sound of Life. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So, Operation Christmas Child Shoebox Collection Week has started. And on a side note, we will be out and about at Goodwill Church in Montgomery on Wednesday afternoon. And then Friday afternoon right here in Kingston at Morningstar Christian Fellowship. Alrighty? So, they're doing it. They're doing God's work through Operation Christmas Child. Boy, yes, indeedy, it is absolutely awesome what they're doing around the country. You wanted to find out what it's all about, go to our website right here uh, at soundoflife.org. You'll see the banner. It'll scroll by. Click on it before it scrolls by and get, get away from you. And you can, can tell you how to pack a shoebox, gift suggestions for 2- to 4-year-olds, 5- to 9-year-olds, and, yes, 10- to 14-year-olds. Would really surprise you how simple gifts can be for these teenagers. 
okay? Crayons, that's what we're talking about. Colored pencils, things like that. You can build a shoebox online. It'd be really cool. And you can find your drop-off location right there at the Operation Christmas Child Shoebox banner on our website, which is soundoflife.org. If you were a box, where would you like to go? Yes! <laughs> yes, indeedy. Shelly, where would you like to go? You want to go somewhere? Oh, that's a <laughs> tough one. Probably somewhere in Africa. Oh, yeah? Kenya. Yeah. Do you pack a shoebox? We do online, Joe. Yeah, me too. When you go online, do you get to select? You don't get to select which goes in there, though, do you? Or do you? No. Okay. No. I just wonder. You don't. And you don't get to select where it goes either. The sound of life. Everybody knows about the Mason Dixon line, right? You're in Pennsylvania, you're heading south. And, oh, there's the Mason Dixon line. Boom. Now you go through it, you're into Maryland. You're in the south. Suddenly, people talk different, they eat different, everything is different. In just a matter of minutes. And it's the same way coming north. Believe me, I did it. You come north, you know, you got gas. It's south of the Mason-Dixon line. An hour later, you, you, you stop north. You're in Pennsylvania. The food's different. The talk is different. It's amazing. But what is that all about? Well, Charles Mason and Jeremiah Dixon were hired to survey an area of land. Now, remember, this is 1763. We're, we're the colonies. Now, so the British, there was a dispute, of course, between the British colonies of Maryland and Pennsylvania de- slash Delaware. So, you know, Maryland had been granted the territory. So anyway, to make a long story short, Mason and Dixon surveyed that. They got the line. Boom, that's where it is. And that's where it's always stayed. They said, you eat such and such on this side, you talk this way. And on this side, you eat such and such and talk this way. Mason-Dixon line will not be one of the things that one of the questions, but you still got the you still got the, who oh Zebulon Pike who discovered I mean Pike's Peak is named after him, and you've got Lewis and Clark in there. Okay, I would know something about them if I wanted my mug coming up. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You might as well get up do something. The Sound of Life. It's the Cup of Joe Hotline open at seven twenty eight. For my mug. Anybody want my mug? <laughs> okay, let's see. The one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug. Let's go to the hotline. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, this is Bob. Hey, Bob. How you doing this morning? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing really good. You want my mug? Uh, sure. I'll uh, take your mug. Okay. Uh, well, as long as it's ceramic, I don't want your face mug. No, I won't take it. Oh, not that mug. No. Well, listen, you got to answer the question first. Come with a mug shot. That's what I want to know. A mug shot? It does have a mug shot oh. on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not a very good one either. Anyway, Lewis and Clark in 1805 and their party reached the mouth of the Columbia River, completing their trek to what ocean? Well, because I have played Oregon Trail several times. <laughs> The, the, the wonderful video game where I lose my family, but I make it to the ocean. Yeah. That would be the Pacific Ocean. Yay! <laughs> Congratulations, Bob! We'll do it again Monday. Yes, if we're here, there you go. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I've actually seen this happen, and it has to do with the giving birth it's kind of like faster than you expected, even though things were going okay. I um, Back in the 80s, I called on hospitals, and I happened to be at a hospital in Kingston. I'll tell you where it was. And I was I used to go there all the time in the emergency room, you know, and I knew people and stuff. And so we were kind of standing there talking. And a man came in 
who had driven his pickup truck up to the uh, front there on the side and walked in and said, uh, yeah, my wife's uh, going to get have a baby, you know. Okay, all right, stay right there. We'll get a, a, a wheelchair. We'll go out and bring her in. So they, a couple people walked outside, and I mean like in just seconds, they came flying back inside, grabbed the stretcher, and they said, she's giving birth right now. And I was like, whoa. And so... They came in, and sure enough, she gave birth in the elevator, I believe, or maybe in the hallway, but I wasn't there. I wasn't going to follow them, but I just thought, wow, that's pretty amazing. And it happened recently, and I actually was thinking about getting one of these uh, doorbell things that videotapes what goes on, but I may change my mind now. (laughs) Uh, This woman didn't have time to make it to the hospital. Everything was going along Pretty amazing. I mean, they weren't in a rush. Uh, her contraction started a week before her due date. They were 10 minutes apart. You know what I'm talking about, right? Couple's house is a five-minute drive from the hospital. It all adds up. And then the contractions went from three minutes to two minutes to one minute in a matter of 20 to 30 minutes. She made it as far as the car. She, I mean, it's not funny. She made it as far as the car. She realized she wouldn't get to the hospital in time. And she decided that she was going to get on the grass, and that was the spot right there, and she delivered the baby with the help from her mother right there. Emergency responders arrived right after the infant was born. Of course, that's just the way it is. And it was all recorded on their doorbell camera. So, you know, (laughs) when you open yourself up to that doorbell camera... This is going to be good things. I mean, but that's a good thing right there. I mean, I honestly don't know. I haven't heard word about if she wants it kept, but I'm sure those things can be erased, right? I mean, I don't know. tell me. Yes. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. I was thinking about how to tell you this, but I thought it was really, really cool. And if you've ever had something like this happen, which you very well may have, let me know about it. The hotline is 800-946-1765. So Saturdays, I, I I sleep in on Saturdays. And by sleep in, I don't mean 7. You know what I mean? A lot of people are like, oh, you probably sleep in late. Because normally I get up at 3.50. Yes. Oh, 3.50. Anyway, but I digress. So I got up and I knew the weather was coming, right? So there was something outside that I had to secure for the weather. I was concerned about it. So I had my five-course breakfast anyway. And, uh, and I'm walking out there, you know, so the timing of everything, that's the thing that astounded me. And I was just walking outside, and I was got a patio and what I was going to have to secure and stuff. And then I saw this car coming up the driveway, and I thought it was my son, who doesn't live with us. And, but it wasn't. It was the same size car, same color and stuff. So at first, I you know, was kind of wave. And then it, I realized it was a woman with her daughter, and they were looking for a birthday party. And I said, no, uh, not here. And then she was telling about the number. And it's interesting to me how she kind of overlooked the fact that it was what the number was 48. We're not 48. And the fact that it was a red house and we have a blue house. I I just kind of like you were just desperate to get somewhere. So here she was on our little dirt road in the woods. And, you know, she's like, well, I hope this is it. But it wasn't. But then she goes, Wait a minute, my husband and I have the same problem you have. And we have the same thing that you're working on right there. And what we used, you have leaning up against your shed. We used one of those, 
And I was like, that's a great idea. Why never did I think of that? And I thought, that's amazing. So we had this little conversation about stuff and everything, and she's probably late for a birthday party, but and I don't even know if she ever found it. But she went on and probably did. It's not a big place. And I thought that was incredible. I mean, I really did, because it, it was exactly what I needed to do to secure it, and everything was, it went easy peasy, and, and it fell into place and all that. And I thought, wow-wee. I mean, it would have to be a, a hurricane or something to blow it or maybe not even then. I don't know. But I just thought that, I mean, you know, hear the timing just right. And she just happened to, to know exactly what I was working on and how to fix it because her and her husband had the same thing. I just thought that was pretty astounding. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words, putting into sentence, doing. The sound of life. You gotta hand it to moms. I know it's not Mother's Day, but boy, it ought to be because of this woman who broke, she actually set a Guinness World Record on, get this, not only running a 10K, she's a mother of two, but she, there were her race time in pushing a stroller with her one-year-old son in it was 40 minutes and four seconds on a 10K. And it broke the world's record. And she said, well, I started running after having children, you know, and I just started pushing the stroller after having my children, and uh, they love it, and there you go. And she said, I'm just over the moon that the world record was approved. The sound of life. Well, any good news coming out of Afghanistan ought to be reported. It really should. And when a little light shines right there... And the news, I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, there's got to be some string attached to this. That the Taliban reopened schools for young females in this town or city, Herat, never heard of, and it's in Afghanistan. And I thought, hmm, I was very skeptical. But here's what happened. Get a load of this. Uh, a female student, who was a 15-year-old female student, she was supposed to recite a poem at the anniversary celebration of the Prophet Muhammad's birth. Okay. She got the microphone at 200 spectators out there, and instead she sent out a plea to restore education to females beyond elementary school age. And it was a heartfelt speech, and it went viral. Refueling the struggle and winning the battle for young females to continue an education in that town, the country's third largest city, Herat, Afghanistan. And they reopened the schools. They said, you got to open the schools. So that was a case. See, I'm telling you right now, God can save any situation, anybody, whatever the enemy tries to develop, you know, and how much it's hated or whatever can use them that reminds me of a story but i that is that is absolutely amazing and probably proving why 15 year old girls should probably run the world absolutely can do it a great way to start your day the cup of joe morning show oh you look like a man who could use more coffee the sound of life coming up sunday is charlie brown thanksgiving it's on pbs back to pbs 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 kids charlie brown christmas came up because of that and that will be aired on PBS as well coming up in December a lot like it was back in 1965 
It's an incredible story. Of course, the Peanuts um, comic strip had been out for years, so everybody knew about it. And the executives at CBS said, why don't we get a hold of Charlie Schultz, who draws it and everything, and he can do a Christmas special, like an animated special. So they got a hold of the manager, Mr. Melendez, Bill Melendez, and he says, oh, yeah, 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 we'll get it. We'll get it to you. This is like July of the same year. And he goes and tells Mr. Schultz, and he goes, we don't have a Christmas, an animated Christmas special. So well, we better get one. So they did. And they worked it up, and it's just like you see it pretty much. Originally, it was sponsored by Coca-Cola, so the Coca-Cola stuff had to be changed a little bit, as far as I know. But, of course, it has that very famous uh, part in near the end of it. Of course, it's all about Charlie Brown, and he's always frustrated, of course, by all his friends. And he's trying to do some type of a school play, and then just to clear his mind and settle things and put things right, he'll go out with Linus and get a Christmas tree and he gets the, you know, he feels sorry for this little tree. And he says, I'm sure we decorated it to look okay. And they all make fun of him and everything. And he's, he's so frustrated that he just wants to yell out. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas <laughs> is all about? And, of course, Linus says, I can tell you what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And he walks over to the center of the stage and he says, lights, please. I thought that was the coolest thing. And he sits there and basically recites the biblical account of Jesus' birth in Luke, word for word. And it's really pretty amazing. And the executives at CBS saw that, and they were like, oh, man, oh, man. Now, this is in 1965. And they said, oh, we can't air it like that. We have to take that out. And Charles Schultz said, you will air it like it is, or it won't air. And CBS, believe it or not, was in a bind because they didn't have any other programs to put in there. It was too late. They had already promoted it in the trades. Coca-Cola was on board. We've got to go. It's expecting it. And on December the 13th, 1965, Charlie Brown Christmas aired. And those executives walked into CBS the next day fully expecting this, the, the, the roof to cave in. This is going to be awful. It's going to be terrible. And you know what they found? They found, according to the Nielsen ratings, 45 share they had. Now, I realize you had three networks, PBS, and maybe an independent station if you lived in New York or Boston or something. But a 45 share, over 15 million homes. 15 million homes in 1965. It won the Children's Emmy. Um, it um, ran intact on television for 54 years. And it even gets a 95 percentile on Rotten Tomatoes. All because a guy shared his art, what he does, based on his convictions. One guy who said, this is my convictions, and this is what I'm standing by, and all of that, and God blessed it. You're going to share your convictions today with what you do? Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Well, today, kind of a theme developed on the Cup of Joe Morning Show. We were talking about a 15-year-old girl who was supposed to be like saying happy birthday to Muhammad or something over in Afghanistan and made a very impassioned plea 
for the rulers there to open up schools again for girls. And they did in this town. Wow, isn't that amazing? And, you know, God works in all kinds of different ways with everybody. I mean, over 20 years ago, a man who was an orange vendor in India selling oranges, but he got embarrassed because these tourists want to know how much the oranges were. He couldn't tell them because he didn't have an education. So he decided he was going to save everything. His life savings went into a school, and now he's 68-year-old orange vendor in India has opened a school. He built a school to give access education that he didn't have. He didn't want these children to suffer the same fate that he did. Isn't that amazing? He had no formal education course. He just wanted generations of children in his hometown to be raised with better conditions. That school is basic. That's what it is right there. His efforts, imagine that. That's a long time. And it must have been all kinds of temptations in the way. You know, his mind must have played games with him about, oh, I can do this. I can do this. Is it really going to happen? Is it going to? Yes, it did. And rightly so, he got a civilian award for it. Way to go. It's a good deal. Man. Excellent. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Pop some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. And a tree is in Rockefeller Center as we speak. Yes, and it's looking all full. In case anybody wanted to know, you know, nothing skimpy about this 70-foot Norway spruce. Man, if you had that in your yard down in Elkton, Maryland, and for some reason they they donated the tree, obviously, and I don't know how they picked trees. I don't imagine that would be a, all that exciting. You know, how would you know which one to pick unless you just go around looking at trees and all year round until suddenly, oh, man, that would look good in Central Park. I mean, in uh, Rockefeller Center when... Yeah, if it ended up in the wrong place, that would be pretty amazing. So uh, the Price family donated it, and they were there for the arrival. Wouldn't you be? <laughs> I mean, you know, if your tree left a big spot in the yard there, it's going to be used for Christmas. What are you thankful for? That's what I want to know. The number's 800-946-1765. I know you got the hotline in your phone right there. All right. Yes. Rose, what are you thankful for? I am thankful for so much. But first of all, for the love of Christ that sustains me, um, I am thankful for community. The sound of life. Let me just preface this, that um, I'm just amazed at the way God has put the universe together so that we as his beloved children, can figure it out. You know, for thousands of years, we've been, I don't know if it's slowly or fast or what. <laughs> There's no expectations. It's just that, you know, we've, we're kind of like figuring it out. Um, and sometimes we think we've got things figured out, and it, oops, ooh, that was wrong. And we don't. You know what I'm saying? The natural world, as some people go, or you know, the the world that was created. And a lot of scientists, believe it or not, when they delve into the structure of the creation, see uh, an intelligent designer. Why wouldn't you? It's so intelligent. I mean, it's just a no-brainer kind of. But. Um, IBM, in case you wondered what happened to IBM, they, uh, you know, with all the Apple and Dell and Intel and all that stuff, Apple's gone off 
into kind of another world. They are working on what they call quantum computers or supercomputers or something. And the news that came out today is, uh, according to IBM, it is a major step toward practical quantum computation. I don't know what that means, but it's got to be big. Um, yeah, I guess it was yesterday they unveiled a new computer. It's called Eagle, which is a 127-qubit quantum processor. So imagine if you knew what I was talking about there, you would go, whoa, right? Now, IBM claims it's the first such processor that can't be simulated by a classical supercomputer. So, like your regular supercomputer, just forget it. Just put it in the garage. We're done with that. So to make sense of what that means, the company says to simulate Eagle, you would need more classical bits than there are atoms in every human being on the planet. How do they know that? <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Well, because let's see, we figured out that the quantum, there's how many atoms? Uh, IBM is crediting the breakthrough to a new design that puts the processor's control components on multiple physical levels, while the qubits are located on a single layer. See, that's a design the company says allows for significant increase in computing power. I kind of feel like... Brian Regan did, sitting there watching an episode of Nova one night. He said, I've been watching Nova. I had a thing a couple of weeks ago about string theory. Yeah. I started watching that at 8 p.m. And at 8.03, my brain exploded. Yeah. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Going to be at um, Goodwill Church, Operation Christmas Child Collection Center there this afternoon. Later this afternoon, if I'm awake, be the reason somebody thinks God is good. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. Uh, week of giving thanks next week. We'll know what you're thankful for. <laughs> Love to hear from you. Yes, ma'am. What, what's up? I'm thankful for my family, my friends. And the most important thing, I'm, I'm thankful for Jesus. Yes. And I'm thankful for the Sound of Life Radio, if you want to know the truth, because I still listen to you in the morning <gasps> on my Alexa. About that, thank you so much. Let us know what you're thankful for. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Came across something that is just absolutely delightful that I highly recommend. I can't tell you where it is. It's a secret. But it's a collection of answers to questions from kids. All right. We're talking as young as three I guess that they can talk and they can answer the question that's in there. Some of them are 11 years old. They all are from teachers in New York City, which as I was going through the answers to the question, then it kind of made sense. Yeah, you know, you can kind of tell. Uh, and in fact, I think the number one answer, and I, and I don't know if this is, I'm thinking this is the ranking of them. There's a ton of them, obviously. But from Colton, who was five years old in New York City, the number one answer, he said, I don't want to bring donuts to school for my birthday. It's my birthday. They're supposed to bring me donuts. And so it begins. <laughs> He's five years old, right? One of my favorites is from Max, who is 11, and he and I are on the same wavelength already. And it'll probably be that way forever. He said, I read it. 
but I forgot to understand it. <laughs> Story of our lives, didn't it? Oh, I read it, <laughs> but I forgot to understand it, right? And you got to hand it to Bonnie, just one more. Bonnie is three, three years old. And this came out of a three-year-old. And you've got to love her already. She said, when I've had too much day, I cry. Aww. Me too. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. I was reading about Tenny. I'll just tell you the name right away. That's his last name, Tenny. As a child, and maybe you can relate to this, felt insecure. He sought approval from his father, but he never got it. It seemed that whatever he did, whether in school or at home, it was never good enough. There's a lot of that going around. Even when he entered adulthood, the insecurity remained. He continually wondered, am I good enough? It was only when he received Jesus as his Savior did the security and approval he'd longed for. and He learned that God, having created him, loved him and cherished him as his son. So he finally could live with the confidence that he was truly valued and appreciated. And God actually told his people that, Israel, through the prophet Isaiah. It's amazing. You know, Israel, if you know anything about the country, I mean, it's, as human beings, they were up and down. You know, they rebelled. They did stupid things. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, but anyway, they, but they did. But God said, I love you. Uh, you are precious and honored in my sight. Now, he wouldn't have said that because of what they did. There was no doubt about that. It was just because that's the way it was. Because I chose you, and I say you're precious. God, I'm putting value on you because that's what I can do, and I want to do it, right? It doesn't come, the love doesn't come from anything you do, just like the, the Hebrews back in the day, thousands of years ago, and just like us right now. He's chosen us to be his own, you know. But it gave Tenny great security. In, it's in Isaiah chapter 43. And it empowered him with the confidence to do his best for God in whatever task he was called to do. He's a pastor today. I believe he's in Charlotte. I believe that's the one. And he does all he can to encourage others with life-giving truth. This life-giving truth. We're accepted and approved in Jesus. May you confidently live out this truth today. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I know you love us and accept us and cherish us. Thank you for adopting us as your children and loving us without conditions. Yes. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The sound of life. If you're like me, you, uh, well, I guess everybody does because light is a wonderful thing to human beings, right? I mean, we weren't made to live in the darkness. It's easier where I'm going with this not to get too spiritual right now because it's a very practical thing in here in the Northeast, we have a little bit less daylight, and it's it's kind of kind of sad, isn't it, when you walk outside in the afternoon and you feel like it's evening, you know, and stuff. And we're just getting used to this now. Of course, by spring, you know, the days will be getting longer. It's it, it is. It kind of gives you hope, you know. It's like every day is a little bit longer and stuff. No matter how cold it is, you know, it's always that. But it's a seasonal disorder, and it can be very real in people. And I was reading this blog of women were weighing in on what they do to combat that. And I'll tell you right now, I think that's – you may want to check into that. Uh, one of those sad lamps 
they call them that's the seat for the seasonal disorder or happy lamps or whatever they are there are different names to them but uh anywhere from like 40 50 dollars i mean you could get a big one for a couple hundred dollars you know and she had one like that she said that thing is huge but she said just uh you know while i'm getting ready in the morning right on my face and it, it works it, it it's really very interesting but uh one uh, abby said i may I made myself sign up for a rock climbing class in January, so I'm forced to leave my home workplace at least once a week. Now, she is in Bloomington, Indiana, so that doesn't matter. That could be anywhere, right? Um, Paola said, uh, fill up your schedule. I'm taking on some pet-sitting gigs, which help me get out of the darkish apartment and explore different parts of the city. So she may be in New York City. So, uh, boy, that'd be rough, wouldn't it? Oof. Some of those big buildings and stuff. <laughs> they tried to have the zoning, so it wouldn't, but it didn't work. Um, yeah, ask for extra support. Oh, that's a great idea. That's from Katie. She's in Columbus, Ohio. She said, I'm letting my circle know I might need some extra support this winter and in turn asking others how I can best support them. And that is always a good idea. Uh, Annie, who was a therapist in New Jersey, Said, try to be strict in walking up and going, well, waking up. I'm sorry, I can't see. It's fine print. <laughs> waking up and going to sleep at the same time and disconnecting from phones and laptops and other devices before bed. Create daily discipline. And kind of be good any time of the year, right? Okay. So just some ideas right there. Uh, practical, you know, because, I mean, God made us in a certain way, and uh, we we don't like to see the sunset sometimes. We <laughs> create your own. It's- the Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The Sound of Life. You remember Mariah Peters, right? You know her. Been in music um, for a while. Now she's Mariah Smallbone. Yes, she married Joel. She's going by Mariah Smallbone. Okay? Or something. She's got her own uh, new album out, but she was asking for prayer specifically today. Okay. She said, pray that my ego would be checked at the door every day and that it would not have its way in seeking selfish ambition. I want to focus most on the needs of other people. Lord, that is our prayer for Mariah, Joel Smallbone's wife, and uh, from for King and Country, right? And uh, so I bet you they battle that all the time. It would be hard not to as a human being battling that ego right there, Lord. Thank you that she would pray that, right? Boy, those guys, and, and, and I'll give you a reason why, because they're getting ready for their Christmas tour for King and Country, and their shows are a hot ticket. Absolutely, and they did something that's really cool that I want to share with you. If you follow them on Instagram, you've probably seen this already. But they hooked a a GoPro camera so you can see them up close and see the audience as well and see what happens to them as they're closing the Christmas finale with Drummer Boy. It seems only appropriate to do that. So, um, I mean, it's going to be a couple of weeks before they're on their uh, Drummer Boy Christmas tour, I guess. But they, uh, they, they're using the Drummer Boy finale in their relate, the fall relate tour. So, it's, I'm going to post that. It is really pretty cool, of course, like everything that they do. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. 
Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. I don't know if you've ever been scuba diving, maybe snorkeling in clear water or something. You always want to see something. You always want to find an artifact, right? Wouldn't that be really cool? I guess the problem is all the artifacts are probably hidden. That's why it's so hard. That's why everybody doesn't find them. Well, they were on a really cool lake in uh, Madison, Wisconsin the other day. And these uh, scuba divers thought they found a log. Probably not all excited about that. I don't know how in the world they determined underwater. I guess they were just looking at it and they thought, it's kind of an interesting looking log right here. Turns out what they found was a canoe. And uh, they had to, they, they were like, well, this is something very special. If we try to get it up, you know, to the surface, we may break it in half or something. And we don't want to do that. So they had to figure out how to do it. Turns out it's a 1,200-year-old canoe. So I guess that's a big deal. And uh, they had to take a couple of days to plan how to dig this. It was dug out of the log and made into a canoe 1,200 years ago. And uh, they they got it up. You know, it was a big deal. Can't you just see that action happening, right? And uh, <laughs> so these maritime archaeologists with the Wisconsin Historical Society and Diversion Scuba came across the log, and they got it out of the water. And they said, man, that's a dugout canoe, so that's kind of cool thing right there so uh, you know i guess you got to keep it wet or something like that they don't want it to dry out too much but i could just see <laughs> this group of guys standing around like you know a couple of good old boys southern baptist trying to figure out how to move the piano from one side of the stage to the got other the sound of life so november is national adoption awareness month and so with that in mind I invited Sandra Flack to come down. You can hear her with her Justice for Orphans moments every once in a while. And it was all through the process of her and her family. Um, they're in the Catskills adopting and part of their process. And so she started a, um, a, a, an organization called Justice for Orphans, basically because the Bible says that one of our duties is to look after the widows and the orphans. Right in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That's another thing. But uh, so justice for orphans comes by that, uh, by that name there, for a biblical mandate. And uh, the website is really pretty cool. Cleverly named justicefororphansny.org. And there you can find out all about justice for orphans. You can find all about foster care, which goes along with adoption, of course. There's a lot of resources. It's one of the things they do. Events happening. Uh, they have a newsletter out. There is a new device that links uh, government agencies, and they're very active around the capital region now, spreading their wings. It's called Care Portal. What it does is it links churches. They come together to help uh, families in adoption and, and foster care situations using the uh, sources that are already there from the government. And so the government agencies find a need, and they go through the care portal and get in touch with the churches and say, well, this is what we need. And bedding is a big deal, and some clothes, things like that. But I sat down with Sandra, and by the way, welcome to Cup of Joe. Yeah. And talking about something that you can link to that they've been doing for a while, and that is the Podcast. Podcast has been really an integral part of inspiring and educating uh, families to to get involved in caring for vulnerable children. Podcasts are where it's at. 
Yes. That's a fantastic way to communicate. Yeah. You're way ahead of the curve on that one. I mean, 300. Yeah. But it's one a week? Yes. Yep. Every Monday, Ooh, we drop a new one. And we drop a new we one. drop a new one every Monday. <laughs> and uh, and sometimes I do them solo. I'll share what's going on. Oh, really? I recently interviewed my son Slava as a guest. Oh, wow. Uh, and that was really fun. He was, he really, you know, that kind of went viral. Everybody wanted to hear from my son. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up, do something. The Sound of Life. Coming to work this morning, I was looking at what I believed was a full moon. I thought it was odd. It's very pretty on the horizon. But the moon, of course, reflects the sun's light. The sun wasn't up yet. This, you know, I'm like, mm, this is interesting. It's a good thing I didn't run off the road. So the sun's coming up in the east, and here's the moon way on the horizon in the west. And I'm thinking, man, the earth is almost coming in the way of the sun's light coming to it. And guess what? Tomorrow morning it will. <laughs> There's a, a, a lunar eclipse happening. 97% total eclipse of the moon. I think that's a song somewhere. But uh, it's pretty cool. The moon at this time is called the beaver moon. I, you know, I, I, I thought the most beautiful one I saw, my wife and I saw, was the strawberry moon. But uh, I, is that something that's new? It sounds like it ought to be old. It sounds like old you know, names, but who knows, maybe new. But um, it's going to peak at like 4.02 a.m. So if you're up with me, man, you get a view right there. It's uh, amazing. It's history-making because uh, of the fact that it coincides with this full moon, which will peak illumination at nearly the same moment as the eclipse height. But it's okay. The moon will appear full from this evening all the way through Saturday morning. You can catch an unencumbered glimpse of the full moon, which is kind of cool. And you kind of wonder about people in ancient days. Don't you know that was really something special? Was it special? Was it horrifying? I guess it depends on what they believed, right? Uh, and, and a lot of thoughts about gods in those days, a lot of those cultures and stuff, from what I can tell, they weren't very friendly. They demanded a lot from people. And uh, you never knew what was going to happen. That's a sad way to go through life, right? And, uh, you know, we, we, we look at the moon now and know that we have a, an incredible creator God that sent his son for us to, to die and shed his blood in place of us so that we are reconciled with the creator God. I mean, that's, that's incredible. So when we look at astronomical events like that, we're like, wow, isn't God wonderful? That's very cool. Right? Yeah. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. It's an incredible little account there. It's a true story from Ann, who uh, knows Colin and his wife, Jordan. So Jordan's the wife there. They're in the craft store, like we all are, looking for a picture frame to put in their home. And Colin thought he'd found just the right piece. He calls his wife over to see it. And on the right side of this ceramic artwork was the word grace. The left side had a two long cracks. And she's like, well, it's broken. And he starts, he says, that's the whole point. We're broken. And then grace comes in, period. And so they both decided, because they 
think a lot like spiritually, I guess. <laughs> they decided to get the one with the cracks. It actually was broken because the re- the, yeah, there were others that weren't like that. And they took it up to buy it. And, and the clerk said, oh, it's broken. And they said, so are we. Ooh, is that cool? Like now I want to get one. Now, it, I'd, probably, I'd probably get in trouble if I go in the home store and then break it. <clears throat> never mind. Never, I didn't even say that. Okay, I'm sorry. I never, it's, but it's, uh, it's a recognition of our need for God and his intervention in our lives. That's one reason the sound of life heart is the way it is, because it's very imperfect, scribbled out, kind of, right? It's broken. Uh, the Bible talks about that. The Apostle Paul, a lot about that. You're, you're looking at a man who used to stone Christians for blasphemy as a man named Saul. And then, of course, after he came to know Jesus, boy, can you imagine that? The rest of his life, every day, man, he had that. But he could, he could see and feel and taste that grace that saved him. Maybe you're like that. Maybe you are. That's why he changed his name. Pretty cool. Because of God's great love for you and me, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive. By his grace, we've been saved. Mm, 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 mm. Lord God, thank you for being rich in mercy toward us. May we boast in you today, your gift of salvation through grace by faith. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The Sound of Life. I drew along this morning. Sometimes things get uh, a little tough. <laughs> Absolutely. And... Um, Kids, wisdom, probably. I mean, the wisdom of a five-year-old, sometimes a three-year-old, can just set the day right and put it right there. And I've been sharing those kind of lately. They've been compiled recently by uh, some teachers in New York City. And um, you just got to love their attitude. And you can't believe some of them are like as young as three years old. Like Astrid, who's three years old. He said, I just have a lot of hugs in my body and I got to get them out. <laughs> she wouldn't, shouldn't we all have that attitude like that? I mean, it would be kind of weird. People would be like, you know, I mean, be, me back in the day would probably be like running from you or something like that. But it'd be a lot of fun. Just to have that attitude be a lot of fun. And then, and then there's, of course, that revelation, you know, almost like, um, you know, when you find out Jesus is Messiah, when, when a Jewish person finds out. Jesus is Messiah. They were right. It's right. You know, it's true. You just want to tell everybody we're a Muslim, you know, and it's like the truth. They just want the truth to get out because now they know what it is. And Robin, who's four years old, discovered the truth, too, recently. She said, so it turns out my aunt is my mom's sister. (laughs) Small world. Yeah. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Karen Wang was talking about her dad. Back in 2006, maybe you can relate to this and family member. Dad was diagnosed with a neurological disease that robbed him of his memory, speech, control over his body movements. Not all at once. He became bedridden in 2011 and continues to be cared for by my mom at home. She said at the beginning of his illness, it was dark. It was a dark time. I was fearful. I knew nothing about caring for a sick person, and I was anxious about finances and my mom's health. But... In Lamentations, in the Bible, in chapter 3, she was comforted by the words that said, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Now, the Hebrew word for consumed means to be used up completely, 
or to come to an end, consume. That's basically what we use it for. She's reminding us that God's great love enables us to go on, to get up, to face the day. Our trials may feel overwhelming, but we don't. We won't be destroyed by them because God's love is far greater. Many times, she said, I can recount when God has shown his faithful, loving ways to my family. I saw his provision in the kindness of relatives, friends, wise counsel of doctors, financial provision, and the reminder in our heart that one day my dad will be whole again in heaven. If you're going through a dark time, don't lose hope. God can help you to not be consumed by what you face. Keep trusting in God's faithful love and provision. And that's for you personally. Yes, you. Lord God, help us to keep trusting you. Open our eyes so we can see your love and faithfulness. Amen. The Sound of Life. If you know me, you know that I love it when God shines in a place where we don't think of God shining much in Hollywood, right? Just say the word now. It's become associated with things that... You kind of, you know, like, eh, it's not really in church life, <laughs> you know, like that. But there's a man named Ben Higgins, who is a very outspoken Christian. I'll tell you a little more about what he did there. He is one of the most popular bachelors in the ABC franchise history, and he's now married. And that's where Jesus comes in. He celebrated his big day by sharing scripture. He's the star of The Bachelor which I've never seen. I've seen it advertised, so I kind of know a little bit about it, you know. Uh, Jessica Clark is his bride, and Saturday they had a what he called a romantic ceremony uh, at an estate in Cherokee Dock, which is a place near Nashville. And uh, they were, magazine was reporting in an, an Instagram post that he shared just days before the wedding. Ben said that marrying uh, Jessica was something he dreamed of, I'm quoting him, and his family has prayed for. And so that's a really cool thing, that he is very outspoken like that, and he's one of the most popular bachelors. And if you know me, I love it when something like that happens. Go God! Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. It's More. the most wonderful time of the 8.33. My hope for you now is that you could only be having a, a snow shower come by, but it'd be kind of rare. You'd have to be around I-88, west of Schenectady there, southwest of Schenectady. We're getting some lake effect snow happening today. If you drive to Utica or Syracuse, you probably get a lot, but I digress. Wednesday, we were at Goodwill Church for the National Collection Week. Had a wonderful time there. Got to meet a regional volunteer. Her name is Lucia. And she will be at uh, Morningstar this afternoon, uh, later this afternoon and this evening, where they'll be collecting boxes. And we'll be over there uh, with the vehicle and stuff, too, handing out some prizes. Met some wonderful people if I met you there. It was absolutely incredible. Get on board. It's not too late. You got uh, the rest of the weekend and even Monday. And you can find out your drop-off center By going to our website, click on the Operation Christmas Child Shoebox Collection Week banner. (laughs) That's a lot there. They'll tell you how to pack a shoebox. You can build a shoebox online. You can even find out how you can volunteer at a processing center, which comes up. They've got one in Baltimore. It's not all that far away. So it's really pretty cool. Everything about it, it, God is involved in. It's really pretty cool. So click on that banner. we got the Samaritan's First banner up at our website, soundoflife.org. 
You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org. 